podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Another podcast in the can, Martin Gritton. Do you know what I, was, you know what I enjoyed most about this was being in the same room as you, but also, Thanks, also, um, Jack Pitbrook, I would literally, we are incapable of summing up how England were over the last two games as quickly as he was in five minutes, so listen to that. Yeah, worth, we had worth Dan, tuning into. We had uh, our man Dan Redding in from Non-League Day, who is... Uh, um, West Essex general manager, but also a good mate of mine that I played for for a couple of years. So well, non-league um, friend, is it? Yeah, but also yeah. your non-league experience. Yeah, where were you this weekend? Uh, I was at uh, Slough Town Billericay, perfect, which I talk about in very minute detail. Uh, more importantly, you were you weren't here again last week. Where were you? I don't know. You've got to start, Martin. You've got to focus on this podcast. This is all you've got. I've kept it. Come in here every Tuesday night and record with me. I don't want your diary. Enjoy the enjoy the podcast, guys. Right. International break this week, guys, but not a break from football and everything else off the pitch. We have uh, some interesting chat from Jack Pitbrook, who's going to be uh, joining us later on. But uh, Mark Smith, good to have you here. You're leading with someone who's not in the room. You're leading that as a thing. Well, he's he's more impressive than you. Yeah, he is. He really is. Yeah, yeah. Why did you make Jack me say that? Yeah, Mark Smith. Hello, I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> and actually, Martin, you're back in the room. You weren't here for. You weren't here last week. You missed two weeks ago, or whatever, three weeks ago. Why, why do you keep swanning off elsewhere? What's the deal it's with busy. that? Busy. I'm busy. So I'm okay. delighted to introduce, perhaps, to some listeners. Uh, some others might know of him, but Dan Redding, who's the general manager of West Essex FC, who is a, a team close to my heart, who uh, which I retired upon playing for. But uh, Dan, it's great to have you here. Oh, mate, absolute pleasure. Love to, lovely to be here. It's great. I, I, I think we, um, on the back of non-league day, which was this weekend. Beautiful day that was. Wonderful. Where were you? I was at Sawbridgeworth Town, out there. Uh, pretty, uh, pretty unpleasant day for, uh, for non-league <laughs> football, to be honest with you. But Why? In, Why? Well, it's, it just it didn't stop raining from, yeah, yeah from, you know, the, the minute that we knew it was going to be non-league day, we needed it to be as non-league as possible. And, <laughs> and yeah. you know, the conditions were perfect. Was there a noticeable increase in, <clears throat> in numbers at the game? Uh, yeah, I believe there was 38 at the uh, Sawbridgeworth Town game, Yeah, which right. I think was probably a significant in, uh, increase of... thousand percent increase. <laughs> yeah, something, something like that, yeah. No, it's a, look, it's a difficult, it, it's yeah. a di- it's a no, difficult it's... sell, but there were, there were some games that were amazingly attended, the same league... Uh, hashtag and uh, Hoddesdon Town was nearly 400 people at that game. That's so, great. That's so, good. Yeah, hashtag, that. And hashtag to, well, also to draw attention to West Essex, who we're talking about, but um, hashtag FC, who have a massive following on social. Big following all over the place, yeah. Yeah, yeah so it's, but it's good. It's good, you know, good for, um, good for non-league, good for the Essex Senior League. Martin, you said that uh, West Essex is a club close to your heart. Why is that? I... Signed for them inadvertently. Well, I say I, it, was, it was advertently okay. in 2009 at Glastonbury. Uh, uh, it was a, it sorry was at, the, at Glastonbury. It was Dan, Dan Redding who selves me. It was a long hustle. Um, the, it's very the point for thirty-six non- hours of <laughs> incredible, sustained. incredibly tough negotiations. And I, I think. listen. I'm glad for it because it was one of the most um, fulfilling and enjoyable. Uh, but also, how long were you there for? 
<laughs> Thanks for cutting across me. Uh, I was there for a couple of really challenging seasons and a one semi-enjoyable one. Okay. <laughs> Dan, yeah, would that be correct? Uh, yeah, that's about right. Yeah, yeah. It did also take, I think it was three years from our initial discussions before you actually played for us as well. So that was, I think that might be a record. This it is might... like having an ex-girlfriend of yours in the studio with us. <laughs> it might well, but let's not do that. Um, the big, let's, I just want to, we'll come back to this because the second half of the show, I'd love this to focus on the only day, but... Um, the big weekend news, I mean, it was pretty disastrous. Robert Snodgrass retiring for Scotland. <laughs> that's the big one, isn't it? 28 games. That's all he gave us, that glorious footballer, yeah. Bobby Snodgrass. How old is he? He uh, He's around... Early 30s? The, I think every game that he played, he aged the year. So I think right. he's like 28, 9, 30. Like, anyway, it's irrelevant. He's, he's dead to us now. Um, right. It was an interesting weekend for Scotland. A more interesting weekend for England. Yes, I think so. Um, let's start with Scotland, though, because I know you're a Scottish man and you are probably quite sad about what's happened. <laughs> you think so? I mean, to be fair, they, they bounced back with the San Marino win. Six, was it 6-0? Um, but, yeah, tough, tough over the weekend. What, I mean, what are your thoughts on this? Where do you go from here? What's Steve Clark doing? What can he do? I mean, when you're third to Cyprus in a league... Um, Maybe fourth, actually. Mm. Must be fourth. I mean, it's pretty. It's it's shoddy viewing. I'm more. Let's let's skip this because, to be honest, Scotland's Scotland's. It's the same as the rugby. I mean, Japan yeah. beat. I mean, they, they took a, a typhoon Hagabas, whatever it's called. It, it was a disastrous weekend for Scottish sport, but no different to a normal weekend of a regular sport. weekend for Scottish football and rugby. I think. O- on balance, would it have been better if it had been the typhoon that actually? Like destroyed that, the yeah, team. destroyed their hopes rather than having to actually play. It's a, it sounds like a hypothetical, Dan, and I <laughs> can't possibly say, but I'm going to just, you know, I'm going to be disappointed for our, our nation yet again. But at least if it's a typhoon, you can, all, you can always say... It sounds like you're not letting it go, Mark. I've mean, never won that. But you can always, yeah, you can, you can, for the rest of your life, yeah. you can say, look, it was an admin error which put yeah. us out of the World Cup. So Dan Redding is an admin Lord. Well, exactly. So, this is why in his, in his wheelhouse. Well, but okay, let's go on to England then. You want to talk about England? Let's we'll talk about England. Because on, on Friday... England demands to be talked about. On Friday, on the pitch, it was very, very poor. And to be honest, there have been signs of that happening the last probably couple of international breaks. I mean, it's not been, it's not been bad by any means. We've, we've been used to far worse than that over the years. But it's been little signs, sort of cracks in the arm the last few, day, last few um, games. And then on Friday, it all sort of felt to me like it was chickens coming home to roost. What, yeah, what did you certainly, make of it? certainly not fluent, were they? I mean, no. and, and as you say, that's been, that's been a pattern for a while, was it? As Spurs fan, that's something that I would, you know, I, I'm familiar with because we've been in, you know, been in a similar place um, for a while, and then all of a sudden you get a really bad result. But I think you, you know, measure of a side is how they respond to that, and they responded extremely well. Yeah, and I also think that the the stat that was banded around quite a lot on the night and the day after was the fact that it was our first qualifying defeat in ten years. I mean, let's put it into pers- perspective here. That's great. Yeah. That's really good. There's no other teams in Europe that can fantastic, really post that sort of record. Fantastic, fantastic start. And it was a really, really poor performance. But you're right, we bounced back against Bulgaria last night and it was genuinely very impressive on the pitch. I think, you know, we'll probably talk about what happened off the pitch a bit as well. But the fact that we played that well and concentrated that much, and I can't even begin to imagine what it's like as a black player over there playing for England, getting that sort of abuse and continuing to play at that level. I just found it... Just incredibly inspiring, genuinely inspiring. I, I'm going to uh, come in there, 
because Jack Pitbrook has sent us perhaps uh, more uh, like acerbic but also intelligent and a succinct view of what happened. More intelligent than what I just said. <laughs> no, that was good. That was Thanks, good. Man. Yeah. Uh, in whistleblowers uh, context, <laughs> perhaps, but let's, you know, Jack. Uh, from the athletic. He was there. Yeah, from the athletic. Uh, he'll send his link afterwards. Hopefully it's still 50%, but we'll see. Um, uh, very intelligent, but also like really quite as depressing as it is it's also hopeful because of the way that England dealt with it so let's listen to what he has to say Hi Martin it was a really strange evening uh, it was very unpleasant and uncomfortable and difficult and you know I say this in the full knowledge that I was abs- I was not the the victim or the target of the racist abuse at all uh, it was quite obvious, I think, in the first few minutes, really, whenever Ming, Sterling or Rashford got on the ball, that they were getting booed especially uh, more than any other England player. And it soon became apparent that booing was not just normal booing, but uh, monkey noises. And it kind of... It was it was basically impossible to, to look at or care about the game, given how, how prevalent the racist abuse was. So much so that it, it was all that we were talking about and thinking about in the press box, uh, particularly when you could see the discussion start happening between the FA head of security, uh, the UEFA delegate, the referee, Southgate, eventually the England players. There were those two lengthy stoppages in the first half when they talked about it. I think the second of those, the one that happened in about 43 minutes, was really the key moment of the whole evening in the sense that that is when the England players decided amongst themselves to carry on not to go in because i think really if they they had the they, they basically had the option i think to, at that point to walk off the field and i think they didn't take it they chose to carry on the game through to finish off the first half and then i think at half time they decided to continue and play out the second half and you know the racist abuse did actually die down a little bit later on in the second half because lots of the perpetrators were kicked out at half time or left to their own accord um but yeah, it was really, it was difficult. It was like, I mean, you know, people often use the word sickening in this kind of context in a kind of like, uh, sort of like quite a silly way, I think. But, you know, si- sickening scenes has kind of become a meme in itself. But it was sickening. Like it, it, it did feel really, really uncomfortable and uh, like horrible, basically. It was horrible to be in the stadium while all this was going on. Uh and on top of that, there was also like the journalistic issue of like, how do we cover this? Like, how do we describe it? How do we, we don't even know what's going to happen. Like if you'd said to us on 43 minutes when the, they were having that big meeting on the pitch that in fact the game would carry on as normal eventually and finish like on 90 minutes like any other normal game would, you would have been surprised because nobody at that point thought they would see a completed match. We thought we would see the players walk off and then... You know, people were asking each other, like, well, what happens next? Are they going to replay it tomorrow? Are they going to, uh, you know, do England get awarded a 3 0 win? Like, people, you know, as ever in the press box, like, people don't really know the answer to these questions, even though they should. So everybody was kind of at a loss as to what would happen. And then, obviously, the whole, like, that being the theme of the evening, obviously, spilled over into the press conferences afterwards when Greg Clark, the FA chairman, was the first man out who came and spoke very well and passionately with us for about 10-15 minutes. Uh, and that's when the heckling started from some of the Bulgarian journalists in the room. 
And then obviously the Bulgarian coach came through and gave his kind of completely insufficient answers saying that he hadn't heard anything he didn't know about any any racist abuse and then Southgate came out and Southgate as ever was totally like note perfect on this and spoke really well about how um how how difficult it was and how but how proud he was of the players and how they wanted to make a statement and how he he that basically made an admission as well that he knew that like uh by staying on the pitch, the England players knew that they would be criticised. He said something like, we knew that, you know, we could, in some eyes, we would be seen not to be doing enough. But he stood by the, the decision of the players as to um, to play out the game. He said it was a massive statement that they did so and, and win like they did. Uh, he also, and, and this is something Greg Clark did as well, was make clear that England had its own problems with racism and there was no tone of, like... There was some anger there, but there wasn't a tone of, like, triumphalism or um, there was no, like, sense that we are perfect or that English football is perfect and free of problems. And I actually think Southgate and the FA as a whole handled yesterday really, really, really well, um, given how awful it was. Um, And then, obviously, you know, as a journalist, we've all got our writing to do and I think I probably sent my my piece in at about three o'clock in the morning in my hotel in Sofia last night. Um, so yeah, like all in all, it was a very, it was, it was unlike anything I've covered before. Um, and it was horrible. Like I would, and I, and I don't think at all that it was like, um, I don't, I don't, but in some, in some parts you see people say like England six racist nil, but I kind of, I didn't feel that way. I don't feel that like the football was a rebuke to the racism or the football like overcame the racism really. I think the racism was just there and it was I kind of wrote my piece that I it was kind of like it was degrading and sickening to be near it um and I don't think that like the fact that England won the game really kind of makes up for that on the pitch I thought England were actually really good I mean Bulgaria it helped that Bulgaria were terrible they were miles worse than Czech Republic had been on Friday evening. I mean, it was amazing watching them to think that this was the country that produced Stoichkov and Berbatov, because uh, they were useless. Uh, but I do think, despite that, England were much better than they were on Friday. I thought that all the changes that Gareth made were good. I thought Winks was better than Rice in midfield. If, honestly, I think that Winks should really be in the team going forward. I think it gives England more fluidity, more control in the middle. I think Rice is okay, but he's, you know, he's like a converted centre-back, ultimately. It's kind of Eric Dyer 2.0. Um, so I thought Winks was good. Chilwell for Rose, I think, is an upgrade. Uh, I thought Tyrone Mings, in difficult circumstances, was very good at centre-back. I think he's much better than Michael Keane. Uh, didn't really understand why Keane was playing along with Maguire when they basically share the same faults. Um, and, I, you know, watching Mings, I thought, you know, Mings could maybe be centre-back at the, at the Euros next summer. Uh, Rashford, again, really good, as he often is for England. Uh, I think the Rashford Sancho choice is basically a 50 50, I imagine, at this point. Uh, who else came in? Barkley. Barkley uh, in that midfield slot, which I thought Madison probably would have played uh, had he not had that virus, which obviously ruled him out of the games. Uh, he was good, goals and assists, uh, probably his most productive performance for England. So I think all the guys that came in were good, and the team performance as a whole was good. And, you know, one of the things that Southgate said afterwards is the team were playing so well, they didn't actually want to go off. Uh, which is admirable in a sense, but it does make you think, well, you know, would, should your reaction to racism be, like, guided by how well you happen to be playing at that moment? 
But yeah, I feel positive. Having felt very, very down about the team on Friday and kind of hammered them in my piece on Saturday morning, I actually felt more optimistic about the team on Saturday. Um, sorry, on, on, on Monday night. Uh, I'm sure, you know, England haven't qualified yet, but I'm sure they will do. Uh, how they do next summer, I don't know. I still, I still don't think this England team would survive against someone like France or Portugal. But you never know. There's still another, what, two games in November, two games in March, two games in May to fine-tune the team. Um, so, yeah, uh, all to play for, I suppose. So those were the words of Jack Pitbrook there from The Athletic. And the, uh, the piece that he wrote that he alludes to there is available at theathletic.co.uk or .com, whatever it is. You'll Google it, you'll find it. But it's really good, really worth reading. Um, there's not really much we can say to follow up on that. I think that was a, a great first-hand take on what you saw and what you heard. Uh, so instead, we'll go straight to a break and we'll see you on the other side. Welcome back, everyone. Well, it was great to hear from Jack Pitbrook. I think that kind of wraps up much better than we could, perhaps because he was there, but also the break. Stop repeating what I'm That's saying. That's Mark, sorry. Mark's just come <laughs> back, <laughs> so it's great to have him. Listen, well, let's focus on what we have in the room, and uh, we have Mr. Dan Redding, General Manager of West Essex, a club close to my heart, but also a great non-league club on what was non-league day. Non-league day. That's becoming a real thing now as Where well. Where were you, Mark? I was at Slough Town versus Billericay. I live out Slough sort of way now. Oh, Glenn Tamplin's. Well, was Glenn Was Tamplin's Glenn Tamplin's, yeah, Billerickey. against uh, Jamie O'Hara. So very much a... It's a celebrity-filled <laughs> Billericay these days. Um, but Slough Town really played well, put them to the sword. And uh, 3-1 Slough Town. And it was... Genuinely, it feels like... I'm eight years old again, going to my first games when you go to the non-league. And I haven't, I haven't done it for a while. How many, how many were there? Oh, I don't know. I don't know the, don't know the actual the numbers. But it was, uh, the, the main stand was very, very busy. Yeah, there was a lot of people. I, I have no idea reference point. I've only just moved to the area. I don't know how busy they normally have it. Okay. But it was great. And they had a, a, um, a, uh, a promo that if you had a season ticket for a championship or a Premier League team, you get in for free. It was, it was really good. It was a really good day out. Weather was awful, like it was at your place. Yeah, but it was, yeah. it was great. And I, 100%, and this is the point of non-league day, I will be going again. And that is the issue. What league the, is it? Oh, so Dan, do you know what's slow? It's Excuse northern. It's, um, northern? It's, uh, sorry, the southern division southern of... Uh, what is it? It's, no. It's the Isthmian. Isthmian, that's it, yeah. yeah. Which leads us nicely on, Dan. <laughs> uh, the... the the league that could perhaps be something that you fight towards this year, which is not necessarily something that West Essex has had before. It's been a, an amazing ascendancy under your tenure. Talk, <laughs> talk, us through, talk through a wee bit of West Essex, but also under the guise of non-league day, because it's, you know... Uh, so, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm not going to talk you through the history, because as you, you know from our 30th anniversary... We can segue this. I, we can link it to the bottom. could take roughly three quarters of an hour just to get through the, the, the highlights. But, yeah, look... Uh, Non-league day is amazing. That's you know it, that's what we're that's what we're, we're all about. Get people out there, get people seeing those teams. As you said, you go along, you get uh, you get insight, you get visibility of stuff that you just you don't get anywhere else. It, it's and Absolutely. it might not you know it will capture your imagination once, but you, once you go back and you start, it's a bit like a soap opera, right? You know these these clubs and the way they run and the personalities that are involved with them. They can be amazing, and that can be, you know, that brings a kind of another level to watching football. You know, you can become involved in it. Uh, do, do you think, with that in mind, that 
when you see Premier League or Championship, and it's, it doesn't seem real because you see these players on screen and doing adverts and stuff. Whereas at this level, you realise very quickly they're just normal people that happen to be playing football and being good at it. And therefore you have more of a connection as a human to human than you would do with a, you know, a Messi or a Raheem Sterling. 100%. You, you, yeah, you, you do make a, you make a connection with the clubs and you make a connection with the people that are, that are on those clubs. Well, non-league, we went to, we went to uh, Sawbridgeworth Town on, um, on Saturday on the back of a few good results. How did you get on? Oh, yeah, we won 3-0. Yeah, I just wanted to... Yeah, yeah, we won 3-0. But, so that's four on the spin for us. But, um, and they've had a really rough time. They've lost, they've lost their first nine games. They're a good club. They've been like, you know, one of the more established clubs in the Essex Senior League. I think, they, I think they're in there in like 76. So, yeah. you know, like done a good, good old stint in there. But they've sort of fallen on hard times. But what was beautiful about Saturday was that they've got like a little, they've got a little crew. They've got a little group of fans there, you know, that have the run in Yeah. Like, well, no, they're, so they're youngsters. Like 15, oh, right. they're like 15, 16 years old. Right? And they've come along and formed this little, you know, little group of supporters. Yeah, yeah. And they're active on social media and they're pushing the club. And, and they like stationed themselves behind our goalkeeper in the first half. <laughs> and, uh, and they found out his name from the team sheet. <laughs> and gave and him then, abuse. And then they went on his Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> and then they started reading back, reading back his Instagram posts to him in funny voices. Oh, wow. They're like... Unbelievable. That. That's, that's unbelievable top level uh, stuff superb and then of course second half they followed <laughs> they, second half, abuse. sorry let's stay on this for a minute <laughs> that's 4D abuse that is unbelievable <laughs> <laughs> what is this I want to see like the, so David good. De Gea getting that at the new camp <laughs> so good and they were ruining him about his goalkeeper's kit I think the, I think the goalkeeper's kit's okay but they were, ha- <laughs> like they were hammering happy. him about it and the young people know about fashion man <laughs> much more well, than we do exactly they, they, they've got, that's the voice of the people speaking there right <laughs> But that's brilliant that the new generation are getting involved, right? That's, that's, that's what carries these clubs through. And they're buzzing off them. Listen, they've had a right, really rough start. They've lost <laughs> 10 on the spin. But these kids are just like, they're in there and they're filming yeah. the whole thing and, they, and, and the content's amazing. And, and the banter, I mean, later on in the second half, our skit, it was a very sort of, you know, it was very good-natured, you know, fun. No, you know, it wasn't nasty at any point, but our skip were like, had a little chat with a couple of them. They went, shut up, mate, you look like a floodlight. And I've never... <laughs> I've never, <laughs> six foot four with his shining teeth. I've never, I've never thought of a better insult. It's fantastic. Mullered by a I'm, by a minor. Essentially, I'm not going to dwell on uh, the West, West Essex. We celebrated. I say we, because I was part of that, but uh, celebrated our 30th anniversary, which you've been part of. And I'd just like to the, the, maybe the last comment about non-league day, saying how have you seen things develop since then? Because I would imagine. The investment and the effort is still there, but how perhaps yeah, things, I, I, have like things have things have changed. But we just we had a very we had a very sort of simple philosophy about what we wanted to do. We wanted to, you know, make sure that we were transparent in everything we did. We wanted to make sure that every you know if we ever made any money, we put it back into the football, and we built ourselves on you know solid foundations of being nice. When, when you haven't got any money, you have to be nice to people, right? We couldn't couldn't have got to you know couldn't, couldn't have got to where we are, right? And be you know be nasty. We don't own people. We don't you know we have to make them feel special and feel part of something. And somehow that's got us through seven tiers of the pyramid. I think you know and and, and here we are yeah. and we're third in a good competition, but. Well, yeah, Dan, it's listen, some amazing foundations. Dan, I'll, I'll, I'll hold you testament to. A lot of that success central to that um, uh, non-league day is something to be celebrated. Hopefully next year, uh, we're still here to talk about the mark, but um, 
Premier League this weekend. Yeah, Premier League this weekend is back. And I haven't actually missed it this time. This international break, there's been so much going on and with non-league day as well. It's been, I think it's been quite a nice break. Um, can I just ask you, what, what do you prefer? You've, you've been in, in football for a long time. You've been at this level for a long time. Or you know, several levels, but certainly not Premier League. What do you prefer watching? Grits, open to you as well. That's a wonderful question. Because actually, yeah. I think there's a lot he's to be said. He's out here, he's folding himself no, into an envelope. Listen, I, I, all day, it, I, would watch, I would watch West Essex all day. I, yeah. 100% agree. All day. When I go home to Cornwall, when I, the first team I ever played for, for, for Paramore, for, for True City. That for strong Cornish accent you've But got. also, Mark, let's not, we've never touched upon this, your roots with Derby. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're, you play in these teams, eh? Yeah, yeah. You're a talented footballer. Mm. It's important. But, it, but those roots bed deep. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's, it's, it's that thing of uh, your formative years, that sort of, that is with you forever. You never have a separate set of formative years. That is you. That is your history. That is right. who you are. And that, that's why people have such strong feelings towards football clubs or films or music or whatever it is. And yeah, and football is no different. So there's no reason why you would prefer to watch Premier League if you, if you, if you have that in your, in your DNA. But it is back this weekend, Premier League. Yes. Um, there are games to look forward to. Most notably, I think we should start with probably the Sunday game, Liverpool versus United. Yep. I can't think of a, a more one-sided... Um, Games than this between those two teams for a long time. Maybe the David Moyes season. Yeah. But generally speaking, this this one seems like a a, a banker for Liverpool, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. And the, the mentality towards players, uh, I would imagine, being the home dressing room. It's weird, isn't it? It's almost like a um, a protest that the Man U players sometimes just from their inactivity. Yeah. You sometimes see it from teams that are just at a loss, but you would never imagine it from City Dan. I said Spurs fan I suppose listen I didn't mean that with the <laughs> it felt like there was something on that day. I didn't mean it to have that no look I mean Liverpool look like shooting for that one don't they at the moment that's just it, they they look sh- man you look short of ideas they do how about you but how about like Spurs I mean I like, swear to like it should not be you, you're a Champions League finalist and listen this three is months a, ago a oh how are we doing the Spurs, well, we doing the Spurs thing <laughs> <laughs> we're going to have to because right, right, yeah. we have you yeah, here yeah so bad run for a long time yeah and then two just horrific results I, I, I do, we do have a like unique brand of bad luck though uh, go on <laughs> 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 I mean, it's pretty special. We always so, get so, bad refs. Oh, right, okay, okay. So, no, it's not that. So, but they, like, like, let's just do the Bayern Munich game. You know, we, we thought we were back in the game. We made a number of attacking substitutions, opened ourselves up when we were already yeah, yeah. open, right? And we just got to, ruthlessly torn apart. But we were kind of architects for our own downfall there to, to, to a certain extent. And then the Brighton game, you think, well, you can't, you, they have to bounce back from that, right? It has to mm. be. You know, amazing after that, and then that horrific incident with Loris in the, you know, yeah. in, the, in the first few, few seconds yeah. of the game, and it clearly, clearly affected the way that they, you know, they approached the game. Allied to the fact they probably didn't have the right side out to begin with, but it's been, <laughs> it's been coming. Uh, another game I want to talk about is Palace at home to Man City. Palace, who have been pretty good away from home at, at big clubs so far this season, and they've had pretty good recent history against Man City. And Man City are another one who really need to bounce back and get a result here this weekend. But at Palace, Martin, how do you see this one going? I 
Uh, it's interesting, isn't it? If, if um, De Bruyne, De Bruyne's been in for hamstring, I'm glad you asked because they're all players that I have in my fantasy team. Uh, Man City against Palace isn't as cut and dried as you would assume, only because no. uh, City's, City's players should be better than they are. But Across play- the board, yes. But centre-back... What do you think? Otamendi and Stones are vulnerable. I mean, like, as vulnerable as if Neil Shipley was playing in front of a palace. Yeah. I'd be worried about it. But at Absolutely. the same time as um, the wonderful goal that Andros Townsend scored against City last time. I don't, I don't put it out of their reckoning. I'm a massive um, advocate of any team that plays against City when they haven't got De Bruyne out or, or Laporte. Let's, let's see how that pans out. Yeah, also I think if you're going to pick centre-backs who won't enjoy that that tight stadium at Selhurst Park. I think you'd probably pick Stones and, and Ottomendi. Yeah, yeah, they'd definitely be, be near the top of that <laughs> list, wouldn't they? Listen, mate. No, no doubt about that. Uh, like, I buzz off Palace. I buzz off their, like, away, they're amazing. I think yeah, one of those, like, one of those, you like, Premier League teams, their firm's incredible. Well, went over to, yes. um, went over to the Olympic Stadium and watched the West Ham Palace and they were, they were amazing. So, yeah, do, I don't know if they recreate that as much as ha- at home and they, maybe they don't they've play got that the corner, same way. They've got that they've, one yeah. corner, but I think it's quite difficult to recreate yeah. that. Yeah. But yeah, but you'd absolutely... I, if, if next week we're talking about Palace beating Man City 2-1, I'm not that surprised. No, no not Man But at the same time, it could be 5-1 to City. So well, they're, still, they're still unbelievable, but the, the Laporte injury has just introduced a level of uncertainty around their results, you know, because they were just... Yeah. That, that that element, you know, you think there's a chance if it doesn't go absolutely right for them that people can get at them. So, so last week when you weren't here, Martin, I asked our uh, co-host, um, it was Theo what? Delaney. What are you talking about? I, <laughs> I asked our co-host who he thinks is going to win the league and is it too early to make that call? I'm thinking Liverpool are going to steamroll this season. Dan, what do you think? Give it to him now. Right. So if you're a bookmaker, you're paying that now. I'm out. I'm out. Get out. Save it's your, like that. You know that, that that Simpsons. I don't buy anything until the last minute, and I'm out. <laughs> you're out already. The Simpsons meme where like he's already dead. You know that <laughs> yeah. thing where it's like it is like I've never seen someone as intense as Jurgen Klopp over this. Yes. Good. All right. Well, let's let's wrap it up there. We've. We've got one man who's, who, if he was a bookmaker, has, has paid out already on Liverpool. It's over. And we've got Grits who's just saying something I wasn't really listening to. Um, until, See you next week, guys. Until next time, this has been The Whistleblowers. If you like it, subscribe. Follow us on Twitter, at Football Podcast. Is that right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, until then, uh, thanks, Martin Grissom, for being a wonderful host. Thank you. Uh, do you know what? It was a, it was a pleasure to have Dan Redding. In... Well, I was going to do that bit. I was just <laughs> do, I was doing the <laughs> wrapping totally up. Totally doing that. You absolutely done me up there, pal. And thank you to Dan Redding. Thanks, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network.